Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? This is Classified. This is Mocha Only. This is Sean Price. Yeah, Ghostface Killer. This is Quake Matthews. What's up, my brother Ali? Five Diggy Tribe Core Quest. Eloquent, man. What up, Styles Peter Ghost. This is Ab Soul. This is K.O. And you listening to The Come Up Show, where that feel-good music lives. Hey. This is the show that you come up on, yeah. This is the spot that you come up strong, yeah. What's going on? Welcome to The Come Up Show Podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm Martin Bauman. And today, my guest comes from Down Under. He grew up in Sydney, Australia, where he learned to produce after listening to Wu-Tang and Onyx. He carries the torch of Nujibes by making some of the smoothest jazzy hip-hop out there. And he's collaborated with everyone from Blue to Sky Zoo to Substantial. My guest today goes by the name P.R. We talk about everything from being influenced by Nujibes to hip-hop in Australia to where Iggy Azalea fits in and much more. Take a listen. Why don't we start off going right back to the beginning. What would have been your first introduction to hip-hop? Well, I guess in terms of, you know, getting into hip hop and listening to it, I think uh, it was quite early. I got back in probably in, in my school days in high school. It was funny because me and about two or three other people were pretty much the only people that listened to hip hop like Wu-Tang and Onyx and that kind of hip hop. And everyone else was kind of into just really commercial hip hop. I mean, there was people into uh, to Dr. Dre and all that kind of stuff, but no one really heard about Wu Tang and Onyx like at our school in Sydney. Mm-hmm. I guess it was just you know the area and that time. You know, not many people were really into hip hop. So I think I was first introduced to like Wu Tang Forever's album, and I was introduced to like Onyx's I think Shut 'Em Down album. And yeah, like from there, basically just listened to a lot of hip hop. And I think in terms of getting into making music, I think that kind of came across for fun. You know, I was messing with programs and one of my friends were doing it. So I kind of got the program off him, started messing with it. Back then it was Hip Hop EJ. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was playing with that. And then I guess from there it just kind of progressed. You know, I was messing around a lot. And I think my first hip hop track that I produced was probably about 2006 or seven, And yeah, I've, I just did a bunch of tracks for fun, basically. But yeah, my, I re- really got into hip-hop in high school and and um, just came across underground hip-hop through friends and then pretty much just went from there. T- tell me about the significance of two albums to you, uh, Gangstar's Moment of Truth and Little Brothers The Listening. Oh, man. It's funny because those are probably like two of my favorite hip-hop albums in my top 20. I think Little Brothers um, album, that one is probably the most influential on me. Like, I really got into Ninth Wonders production through that album, actually. And, you know, I, I listened to that album a lot, like, through high school and stuff. When I was studying, I was listening to that album. And, yeah, that I think that album probably introduced me a lot to that side of hip-hop, like Ninth Wonders production and just like Little Brother, those artists, that really introduced me basically to all that. I think that that album actually probably sparked me getting into that production as well, like sampling soul with hip-hop. Mm-hmm. So that, that album definitely had a big impact on me. And in terms of Gangstar's album, that's the same thing as well with DJ Premier's production. That Moment in Time album 
that's definitely like one of my favorite. That's in my top five, I think for sure. And that really got me into DJ Premier's production and just the way that you know he was putting together his production, his sound with Guru's style of rapping, MCing. So those two albums have definitely had a probably two of the albums that had the most impact on me out of all hip hop albums that I've come across and heard. So yeah, those the, those were definitely two choices that I'd say yeah, top twenty for sure. Tell me, I mean, I'm from Canada. Being an outsider to what goes on in Australia, what is the hip hop scene like in Sydney? In Sydney, I think it's definitely picking up. I think the the problem with the music industry in Sydney is there's not much of a backing, and the opportunities are very they're very rare. But hip hop is starting to pick up in Sydney. Unfortunately, like the scene is not as strong as it would be in in the states or in a lot of places. But I think Sydney, it's it's starting to get there. You know, like we, we've been behind for a while. But I think one of the main problems is I think that the accent in rapping, like the Australian accent, has has definitely put up barriers. You know, get, getting people out internationally because of the um the accent, but. Yeah, I mean, it's started to pick up, and I've I've worked with a bunch of hip hop artists in Sydney that are kind of on the come up. So I think it's it's definitely getting there, but we're still behind, and we still need to push, get some tracks out there, and push some artists out there that grab more attention, you know, internationally. But yeah, man, hopefully it gets there. I, I see it definitely getting somewhere in probably the next two or three years. So yeah, we'll see how it goes, I guess. <laughs> When you think about somebody like Iggy Azalea, is, is she a, a good ambassador for Australian hip hop, or is you know how is she viewed? I guess in uh, from your perspective, being a, a part of the scene in in uh, Australia. Well, I definitely respect that she's kind of out there internationally, and you know she's making noise. And I definitely respect that she's kind of putting Australia on the map in terms of you know everyone knows that she's an Australian girl. But yeah, I mean that's. I think one of the main problems with that is it's kind of even though she's Australian, you know, she flipped the accent and she's throwing on the American accent, mm-hmm. and you know, and she's she's out there in the states. Whereas if she was kind of like a, an Australian rapper with the Australian accent out out in America doing what she's doing now, then I think that would have had a, more of a positive impact for Australia and for the music scene. But I definitely respect that, you know. Iggy's at the level she's at right now. I mean, she's out there, you know, doing her thing. But me personally, I don't really listen to her much. So I've heard, like, obviously the main tracks because of radio play and all that, but mm. I'm not really that into her music. But yeah, she's, she's definitely doing her thing. Getting back to when you first started getting into hip-hop and uh, and getting into production, when did you first get into the whole aspect of digging and sampling and, and looking for records and breaks and things like that? Well, when I started off, I wasn't really sampling or digging or anything. I was just, you know, doing the usual, you know, jumping online and grabbing like random tracks, MP3s and just like chopping them up and all that. But I think once I kind of immersed myself more in the culture and, you know, how how the productions came about and started really reading into hip hop and learning things, and that's where I kind of I had the urge to start, you know, going out there to record stores and buying records and just sampling and chopping things up. And yeah, I think once I started doing that, I really felt 
how effective it was and how raw the sound was and and then from there you know i just kept going out and just grabbing records all the time like every week i went to this one place that they would have like a section was like five records for one (laughs) dollar so i'd go there Hmm. every week and i'd just grab like 10 records and then just go through and start sampling digging yeah a lot of the tracks i released a lot of them are pretty much because of sampling and and like uh, chopping up records so yeah I, I definitely started to really get into that and more so in the traditional production side of hip-hop and i guess like any other producer man once you get into it you get addicted so <laughs> but yeah <laughs> what's your favorite record in your collection right now uh my collection well i've got about say about i got 180 records i'd say my favorite is man that's a that's a tough one <laughs> that's yeah. a tough one i mean i could pull out a random record right now and i'd probably like it okay i've got here with me right now i've got like a brazilian record it's like guitar it's called guitar gogo and it's just like heaps of brazilian jazz stuff i've actually used this a lot but this is definitely a really good record it's by someone called James Last. And yeah, just there's just like a bunch of Brazilian guitaring, trumpets, just a Brazilian jazz style. So this is definitely a good record. I've, I've used it for a lot of like my jazzy hip-hop tracks. But yeah, man, that's, I've, there's a lot of records here that I could tell you, yeah, there's something good about it. <laughs> tell me about uh, Soundcamp. Soundcamp. Well, Soundcamp came together. It's me and a friend of mine, his name's... Uh, the Iron Ghost. So he's like another producer and a close friend of mine out here in Sydney. And we've always kind of been collaborating for a while and just been showing each other music. And I guess we really came together properly in 2011. We put together a project with New York's Ali Vegas. So we put together his EP called Bridge in the Gap. And yeah, like I think Soundcamp, the idea first with him was he wanted to put together like a label and just bring on you know a couple of artists and yeah just build the label up but at that time i think Soundcamp, you know he was thinking more we had the idea of basically coming together as a production duo and i guess just you know working with different artists getting some beats out there and just pushing Soundcamp. so yeah that's when we decided to kind of connect with ali vegas and we put together that EP, and I think it was definitely, definitely did really well. And that's probably one of the standout projects that I've been a part of. But yeah, I think at the moment, Soundcamp, we're not really as active as we were, but there's definitely some new things happening that the Iron Ghost is kind of taking on with Soundcamp. So he wants to turn it into a, basically like a, a production company where we got like audio production, video production, all that kind of stuff. So I'm, yeah, I'm definitely still. We definitely still talk a lot, and and I help when I can. So he's he's gonna work on some new music definitely in the new future, and um yeah we'll we'll be collaborating for sure sometime soon I guess when I'm when we find the right time when we're both not as busy and come together and do what we really can do basically. Uh, we talk about projects that uh, you've been a part of and projects that have been significant to your career. I think one that turned a lot of people on to you would have been the Introspection EP. Yeah. Tell me first about how that project came about and and in retrospect, why it's uh, significant to you. I think um, Introspection is definitely one of those projects where 
like put it together at the right time and it everything just came together like perfectly you're right yeah i'd say it's probably my standout release so far i think it really came together when i started to it was at a time where i started to really get into the fusion of jazz and hip hop i had come across a japanese producer by the name of um nijabes um and basically yeah like i started listening to him a lot throughout 2010 and 11 and yeah like his music really grabbed my attention and just just everything about it like it really inspired me really influenced me so i really i started to get into that style of fusing jazz with hip hop and then i came across other producers like dela and basically it was new jobs and dela that really sparked my introspection ep that fusion of the jazz and the hip hop and yeah like i started putting together that ep the first track i put together was my son child song where i got on board um substantial and funky deal and yeah i just thought to myself you know i'm i'm going to put together I'd like a straight up jazz hip hop track and then just put it out there and just see see what people think of it. So I put together that um track and you know I reached out to a dude called Bob which his channel on YouTube is basically all dedicated to jazz hip hop and like his listeners are really into like new jobs and his music and just like artists like Funky Deal and Substantial and Sistar and all those guys. So yeah, he he dug the track and he's like, yeah, I'm, I definitely want to upload this and and you know, let's let's see how it does. So yeah, he uploaded it and it did really well and like I think it was the first time that those two came together, the funky deal and substantial, so it was quite like historical thing in that culture. And yeah, like it did really well and from there, like me and Bob were talking and he's like, I I really want to release your EP, you know, the EP you're working on through my label Cold Classic Records. And then yeah, I, I started putting together introspection and I think at that time there was I was really influenced by a lot of different sounds and emotions and there was a lot of things happening throughout my life so it, it's uh, when I put it together tracks I think it really influenced and sparked a lot of the tracks that I produced for introspection. So yeah, it, that's definitely a lot of the tracks on there I don't know how I'm going <laughs> to how I'm going to produce or create something as good as that is because at that time when I was making it there was just like I had such a unique mind state and and like I was influenced and I was just so inspired by that certain sounds that like it all came out you know it really came out how I wanted it to but yeah introspection is definitely something that as a producer I'll always look at look back on and, and think like yeah that AP opened up a lot of doors for me You mentioned Nujebest being a big influence and to be able to work with guys like Substantial, Sistar, Funky DL, all guys that have collaborated with Nujebest. How significant was that to you? Uh yeah, a lot. Like it was like a big goal of mine where, you know, once I started to get into Nujebest's sound, I thought to myself, you know, I really want to work with the artists he worked with just to kind of bring that color out of just the jazzy hip hop flavor and just really just kind of like continue on that sound and really get a lot of people out there more familiar with that sound so i think it was definitely yeah, it was an honor to get those guys on those tracks is because they worked so closely with Nujebest and i was really influenced by him at that time especially from Sunchild 
if you notice on Sunshine, like Substantial and Funky DL both say rest in peace Nujibus on it. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, yeah, man, like that's that's really an honor and just something really historic for me. And just to have them on it and have them say rest in peace Nujibus, you know, after being so influenced by his music, it was really cool to have. But yeah, I think having those guys a part of my music was definitely blessed with that because I, I really wanted to work with just people of that sound and that that scene. So, um, And then when it came to Size Star, then I was just like, yeah, well, you know, it's even cooler. Same. But, um, yeah, definitely helped a lot, you know, with people getting to know my music as well and kind of comparing it with Nujibus and just that. So it was it was really cool for sure. Yeah, how do, how do you feel about the Nujibus comparisons? I think it's really an honor, you know, to be compared to him because because of him being such an influence. You know, I think a, a lot of the times when people compare stuff to Nujibas, I guess some people might consider it like, you know, oh, I don't know, you know, Nujibas is just, he's, you know, he's, he's such a big influence. Um, maybe some people don't like to be compared to Nujibas, but yeah, for me, like, I like to be compared to Nujibas for like this, my sound and all that, but I still think his sound is so unique. Like it, it really takes a lot. You get on his level, it takes a lot. But yeah, I'm, I'm really like honored the fact that people do. You know, when I jump online on YouTube and I see comments and stuff, people saying, "Oh, Nujibus would be proud," or "Yeah, this sounds like such a Nujibus track" and all that. Like it's definitely what I'm, you know, what I'm going for. Um, I really want to branch off that sound and bring my own style into it. So yeah, it's it's cool. It's cool that people can compare, compare me and Nujibus. What is it exactly about his music that speaks to you so much? I think it's just like the sound and just the emotion that's put into his music and just the certain feels of his songs, you know, like just the mellowness. And it, it, I think it's just one of those sounds where you can kind of just play it and just be inspired or just kick back and or just work or something. It's just one of those. He's got one of those sounds where you can kind of throw it on any time and, you know, it, it's just a good moment to listen to it. But, um, yeah, I think as, when I was listening to it at that time, I was kind of like my mind state, you know, I was very mixed emotions and it was the right time in my life to kind of just listen to his kind of music and just get inspired. So I think for me, I think it was more about the right time I was listening to him and and the way he inspired my music. But I think for a lot of people, you know, it could be different. People could be going through things, you know, they could be struggling through certain parts of their life. And, you know, Nujibus music is kind of like that kind of positive, it's got that positive sound and feel where it would influence that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I think it's kind of hard to pinpoint, but it's definitely something about Nujibus music that kind of grabbed my attention straight away. Moving on to your project, Moment in Time, this was when... Uh, this is when I took notice of your music, and I first heard about you. Uh, I'm sure that a lot of people are in that same boat too with uh, the Moment in Time release. Tell me about this project and yeah, looking back on that now and and its significance to you. Well, Moment in Time was pretty much after introspection. I really wanted to to kind of take it up to another level, but still not really move away from that hip hop aspect of my music. Because after introspection, I felt like a lot of people were kind of considering some of my tracks very like down tempo ish. 
so I, basically from that, I really wanted to progress and kind of take it to another level and just bring like a really big, really um, solid aspects of both hip-hop and jazz into my next project. So Moment in Time, I think the concept behind that, each track was kind of like a moment in life for me. So, yeah, I mean, I guess Moment in Time, the way I put it together is, you know, I really wanted to have more more so hip-hop features on it mixed with a lot of jazz hip-hop inspired production. So, yeah, Moment in Time, I think it's, for me, um, I really saw it as more of like a, a traveling EP. I, I wanted to create something where you can kind of like throw it on and, you know, travel a lot and be listening to it because at that year I, I wanted to explore out go out to asia to japan or korea so i really wanted to put together a project where you can kind of throw it on and just travel with it and get out there but yeah i mean i really wanted to start reaching out to more hip-hop artists so that's when i kind of reached out to blue and sky zoo because i wanted to get them involved in the very jazzy hip-hop production but yeah, and in terms of how I put it together, I guess I started to put together the production and yeah, I was just started reaching out to all the MCs and and yeah, I think it just just came together how I wanted to at that time. And I wanted to kind of get it away from the experimental kind of down tempo side of what I was doing with introspection. So yeah, it was more so focused on the fusion of hip hop and like straight out hip-hop and jazz kind of thing so but yeah it came together well and I'm, I'm glad that you came you know i'm glad that you dug it <laughs> yeah. tell me a little bit about the that sort of tra- traveling through whether it be through southeast asia and uh, japan and hong kong i don't I'm not exactly sure all the places that you would have been but what was that experience like yeah it was it was definitely really inspiring especially going through the main places i went to was korea and japan yeah it was really inspiring uh, especially you know, going out for music when you go to those countries, it's it's really cool because, you know, especially uh, I went out there and I was working on music at the time and I just really wanted to immerse myself in music out there. And yeah, like the places we went to, the things that we did, like my main purpose of going out to, I think, Korea and Japan was I really wanted to promote my music and have meetings and, you know, try to lock in some shows and work with some people out there, hit some studios up. So my main purpose of traveling those years was for music. And yeah, it was definitely really productive. And it was really cool. Like when I went out there in 2012, the reason I went in 2012, I just went to Korea. But the reason I went to Korea was after introspection was released, I saw a lot of attention or a lot of listeners out in Korea for that project. So I thought to myself, you know what, I'll just get out there because at that time I had a lot of contacts, like Korean artists and companies and a lot of my friends was out in Korea. So so I said to myself, you know what, I'll just get out to Korea and I'll just see what happens. So yeah, in 2012, I went out there and I met up with a couple of Korean hip-hop artists and just traveled through Korea, did some digging as well hit up some hip-hop shows and some really cool things happened in Korea as well at the time you know I connected up with a couple of listeners of introspection and yeah it was really cool they were really nice and just really reached out to me told me how much they loved the release and yeah I made some really good contacts out there connections 
and it's funny like I in Korea had like a moment where I went to a an underground hip hop club called Brand New and um basically I walked in there there's probably about 30 or so people in there sat down like with the guy I was traveling with and two of his contacts and you know we're just having a drink and just chatting and 30 minutes in like my song Sunchild played all of a sudden <laughs> and, and I was it was just like it's really cool man it was like a really cool moment grabbed me by surprise so yeah I, I went up to the DJ I had like the CDs with me and I went up to the DJ I kind of I tried to explain to him that this was my song like I pointed to the track list and at first you know he wasn't sure what I was saying and then he looked at the CD and I started I pointed to Sunchild and I kind of pointed to myself and then he kind of got the idea of what I was trying to say and I was like oh I was really surprised and he came out from behind the booth and I shook my hand and stuff and I gave him the CD so yeah like little moments like that were happening in Korea as well that that really made it even more inspiring and made me want to go back in 2013 as well this time I went out to Korea and also Japan at the same time and yeah like I went out there same kind of thing you know I was connecting with people that were into my music and I was connecting with basically other artists and all that kind of stuff and just really had like a really productive inspiring music trip just to kind of help with what I was doing with music and to help inspire me further to do some things in Asia and that kind of stuff but yeah it was really cool man it was really cool to get out to Asia and see what you know see what the mood was like and see what I could do out there with music. Now, in Japan, you actually, I believe, met a couple family members of Nujibes, is that right? Yeah, I met up with, um, I met Nujibes' brother. It was really cool, like, it was really surprising, like, I was out there with a friend of mine, Lee Han, which is another music producer, so both of us, like, one night, we kind of, with one of my contacts, we, we met up. She took us to, like, a, a little ramen spot it was really random, like it was really unknown. It was in the back streets. So she directed us there. We walked there. We're trying to find the place. Like even she got lost. We all got lost for like five minutes. We're like, where is this place? So kept walking down the back streets of Tokyo. And then um, finally found the joint, which was kind of like a little little ramen place. We walked in and yeah, we'll just sat down and then as soon as I got in there like they were playing Nujibis music and they were playing like Yamahiroto music and Substantials music mm-hmm. and then I was like wow man this is really cool Just I, I wish I could just walk into any ramen place out here in Australia and they'll be playing like jazzy hip hop <laughs> but yeah we, we walked in there and then yeah we just ordered started eating and then kind of like in the back there was just there was like one chef making the ramen and then, like, he, he basically, like, after we finished eating, he walked out, and, yeah, it was Nujibis' brother. And I was like, wow, like, our contact introduced us to him, shook his hand, and, yeah, just kind of gave him, I had, at the time, I had, like, the Moment in Time CDs with me as well, so I gave him, gave him one of my CDs. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of, he checked out the track list, and, because he, you know, obviously he was familiar with, like, Psystar and Substantial and all those guys, so. Mm-hmm. So he looked at the list, and then, yeah, like, it was cool it was cool to connect with him and like I showed respect to him I kind of told him explained to him that you know Nujibis is a big influence of mine and and like you know guys like Substantial and stuff I had worked with them it was really cool to do that 
and then yeah he kind of you know smiled at me and and I could see that he found it cool as well so yeah just kind of shook his hand and and that was that and that was that was a really cool moment for me to meet Nujibis's brother you know from from all the way from being influenced by his music all of a sudden to meeting his brother giving him like my moment in time CD so it's pretty crazy yeah what has been uh, another or if you can think of the most significant or special moment meeting somebody through music what would that be for you and who would that be i think there's been a lot of cool moments definitely like meeting people i think the first one would probably have to be i mean apart from the fact of going to shows and just you know meeting the artists on and off um i think one of them that really helped with pushing what i was trying to do and just meeting him was really cool i think it was probably in 2010 when I met Static Selector. He came down with Q-Tip and The Far Side in, in Sydney, and they were doing like a festival show. And then at that time, I was talking to Static on Twitter, and, and I hit him up. I'm like, you know, I really want to try to get you a sideshow. And so, yeah, he responded to me on Twitter, and then he was cool. He was down with the idea, so we met up at his hotel where he was staying. And, yeah, it was really cool. You know, he was, at that time... He was putting together that that release with Saigon. I forgot what it was called. It was in, in all days work or something. So yeah, like before his release, you know, it was showing us one or two tracks from it. So that was really cool. And then yeah, basically I got him a sideshow, and from there it kind of progressed. At that time, I was putting together my debut mixtape, preheated, and yeah, I pretty much I reached out to Static and I said to him, you know, how can you help me, you know, with this mixtape and and help me kind of get it out there. So we had the idea of him hosting it. So yeah, Static ended up hosting my debut mixtape, and he gave me some contacts. He gave me like a couple of emails as well to artists that I could have reached out to as well. So yeah, I think that that meeting with Static was was really cool because not only was it at that time, you know, I was really getting into his production, so it was really cool to meet him, but he also helped me with my debut release and Static really helped me get my release out there, just, just in the name and, and everything else. Apart from that, you know, I've, I also met up with Onyx when they were in Sydney. Mm-hmm. We got them in the studio at that time because they were recording a track on a compilation, which I'm a part of. And yeah, I just it was cool to meet Onyx. So it was Sticky and Fredra at the, at the time. And yeah, I was just playing them my beats and they were going through beats to record for that compilation. So they ended up choosing the beat and, you know, they jumped in the studio and I was kind of there sitting down, like watching everything. And yeah, they jumped, jumped in the, each jumped in the studio and recorded to my beat. And yeah, we kind of had a chat with Sticky and told, told Sticky that, you know, Shut Him Down album is like one of the albums that got me into hip hop. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he liked that and, you know, I shook his hand and, and yeah, like started talking to Fredro as well. You know, just really cool, you know, to meet those guys because Shut Em Down was definitely one of the first albums that introduced me to hip-hop, like underground hip-hop at that time. So, yeah, that was a really cool moment as well to meet Onyx. And, uh, yeah, like, I mean, cool moments, you know, I've met Sky Zoo and just a couple of hip-hop artists where definitely I think I've thought to myself, like, wow, you know, meeting all these dudes that I've been listening to this whole time. So it's been a lot of cool moments with that. Tell, tell me back if we go back to moment in time and getting uh, both Sky Zoo and Blue on different tracks. Uh, what stuck out to you about their music and made you want to reach out to them? I think um, 
in terms of Blue, like, ever since he released music, I've really liked his direction, just his fusion, just that hip-hop sound mixed with kind of like the jazzy and soulful production that Exile was doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, Blue to me, when I was thinking about features on Moment in Time, I really wanted to bring together the hip-hop aspect and the jazz act aspect. So I was thinking of, at the time, I was thinking of Star. definitely. Like, I got on board Star, And then I thought to myself, you know, who else can I get on board that not only paired up with Star? I think it would be just really great overall. But who could really take my EP to another level that I really respect, like his music, and I listen to a lot. I just thought of Blue, like I thought, you know, Blue would be perfect with what I was trying to do with that, that we will make a track and and just like the direction of it. So, yeah, I reached out to Blue and, you know, I really wanted to make that happen. So, luckily at that time, Thomas Prime, one of the guys on the, the Cold Classic label that runs it, he had a contact that was friends with Blue's manager. Mm-hmm. So, it all came together perfectly. So, I reached out to him and he sent out track and and blue was digging it and like blue jumped on so that really worked out really well i think i've definitely been lucky with that whenever i want to put together a track have my mind on a track it always works out like <laughs> luckily so i really haven't come across any times where i've failed miserably yet so hopefully that doesn't happen anytime soon but yeah that blue was a really good addition to that ep and helped a lot and Sky Zoo was someone that I've definitely always wanted to work with, just trying to find the right time. Because I had been talking to Sky Zoo on and off, actually, since 2010. I wanted to get him on my mixtape at that time, but he was touring a lot, and it was really difficult. Um, I wanted to get him on a track with Sean Don called Give It To You. And I ended up getting like knowledge from Kids in the Hall on it with Sean Don, but he would have been really cool. So yeah, I think... For a moment in time, Sky Zoo, I think it was just the perfect time. Because another guy I was working with, he actually wanted to get Sky Zoo on a track as well. And we ended up getting Sky Zoo on two tracks. I got him on that track with Substantial. And we also got him on another track that I produced with Sheik Luch. So, yeah, like I think that was pretty perfect as well at the time because he wanted to reach out to Sky Zoo. So I thought, you know, like I'll reach out to Sky Zoo for my release and for his release. So it's kind of like getting two things done at once, I think. That would be cool for appealing for Sky Zoo, and it would be good to finally work with him because yeah, I've, I had been following his music and I considered him like one of those like an MC on top at the time and that scene. So yeah, I really wanted to work with Sky, so that definitely that that, that worked out well as well. And for that track, it really you know he brought everything to that track as well. and yeah, it was good man. It was good timing and everything else worked out. What have you been up to lately since Moment in Time has come out? What's the latest for you? Um, yeah, I've just been working on like a lot of... Like this year, I've been trying to basically elevate my music um, on a business side of things. So I've been running like a... Co-running a studio since November last year. And just basically, you know, just recording, mixing and producing people that are coming in, you know, treating it like a... It's, it's a full-time thing for me now. With running the studio, yeah, like I've been doing that, you know, day to day, recording people, mixing and producing. Apart from that, you know, I've been involved in a lot of different projects with different people. Uh, yeah, I've, I'm working on at the moment quite a major remix 
which is it feels like it might be the first of its kind, like fusing jazz hip hop with indie pop. And it's quite a big song as well. I'd probably it's probably not a good idea to reveal anything yet, yeah. but <laughs> but yeah, that's that's definitely all that come up. And yeah, I've just been you know, sending out a lot of beats to people. Um I have like my introspection and moment in time instrumentals out this month with Cold Classic Records. So yeah, like that's definitely way overdue. You know, people have been asking for those instrumentals for a while. And yeah, apart from that, I think I'm there's like a one or two albums that have got some really great features that are coming out. I've got tracks with like Evidence, Bone Thugs, Master Ace, mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of yeah, a lot of unreleased tracks that are on these two projects that are happening. And yeah, I, I guess I'm just trying to stay busy with as many projects as possible this year. You know, just working with a lot of different artists. Yeah, but I think my main focus has just been kind of like on the business side of music, but at the same time trying to, you know, release a lot of projects and obviously stay consistent with all that. So yeah, definitely you, you'll be, you know, look out for a lot of new music because there's a lot of new music on the way for sure. If we could end things off with a bit of a rapid fire round, we'll go through a couple quick questions in succession. Okay. <laughs> Why don't we start off with a dream collaboration for you, any artist you could work with? Most deaf. Most Def. Definitely Most Def, yeah. He's been an artist that I've always been trying to connect with. You know, like, he's definitely, I'd say he's probably in my top five MCs of all time. So Most Def is someone that I think, like, if I, with my sound fused with, you know, Most Def on that, I think that would definitely turn out, like, really, really cool. Like, that would be great to collaborate with Most Def. Um, but, yeah, Most Def's definitely... Like, if I had to choose someone, like a dream collaboration, I had that possibility, then I'd probably choose Mos Def first. What's your favorite Mos Def song? Actually, it's probably a song that not many people will kind of say, but a song of his that really, at the time, that really connected with me, that I was listening to a lot, is Life. Have you heard his song, Life is Good? I don't actually think I have, no. What's, what album is that yeah. off of? It's actually not one of his songs. It's off, I don't know who it was, but it was a DJ in Japan or a producer in Japan who actually did that song with Mos Def. But it's it's featuring Mos Def and it's called Life Is Good. It's just a really, really positive song. Um, and yeah, like at that time I was just like listening to it so much it was on loop. <laughs> but yeah, like his, his albums are classic to me. Uh, like on both sides and his songs with Talib, obviously, like a lot of his music... When I started to getting into hip hop, it was mainly like his stuff with Talib, and then yeah, from there I kind of like got into his solo stuff. But yeah, like his song "Life Is Good," that I was listening to that a lot at that time. Who rounds out your top five MCs? Oh man, okay, <laughs> okay, definitely the ones most deaf. Man, this is this is always a hard question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, Eminem, definitely Eminem, because he's Eminem kind of introduced me to like a different side of hip-hop so like you know apart from when i was listening to all the underground hip-hop like eminem definitely he stood out for me for the more so kind of commercial not really commercial but i think a different shade of hip-hop so eminem's in the top five um yeah blue i definitely put blue up there just because of also blue you know 
his his different approach to the music that he was making, you know, to the hip hop that he was doing. I really liked uh, I really liked the way that he would MC and just the topics and just how diverse he was. Who else in my top five? No, I, I'm, I know I'm going to regret this list later. I'm going <laughs> to. <Yeah. laughs> I'd probably say Redman. Okay. Yeah, at that time I was listening to a lot of like Def Squad back then, with like Eric Sermon and Redman and Keith Murray and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he, Redman, definitely he was an influence, and I started listening to like Muddy Waters and all that, all those tracks. Man, this is really hard, man. One more. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw something out there, man. I'm just. I'm probably gonna say Black Thought. I'll just say Black Thought. Okay. Like I was, I was kind of thinking of like between like Black Thought and and a couple others, but I'm just gonna say Black Thought. The fact that he's just you know such a great and real MC, you know, and you know what he's done with the Roots is just you know like he's he puts put together some amazing music. So yeah i'm just gonna say black thought but i, I wish you gave me a top 10 though <laughs> yeah yeah top 10 much easier than a top five yeah definitely but yeah that's i'm gonna say that's my top five for now favorite mc and producer duo i'd say gangster just because of the fact that primo and guru just just the influence they've had i guess just on me and yeah i mean they made some classic music so they made some classic hip-hop so I, i'd definitely say gangster sure all right, final final question for you. Favorite Nuja Best song? Man, you're really making these questions difficult. For me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's even harder than the top five list. Can I say one Nuja Best song with a feature and one one instrumental? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do that. Okay, cool. One with a feature, one with instrumental. The Nuja Best song that I'd say with a feature would probably have to be Highs to Lows, I guess. Yeah, Highs to Lows yeah, featuring Sidestar. Yes. That song, like, I was thinking between that and Think Different with Substantial. Yes. Um, one of those two, but Highest to Lows is just, yeah, that's, that's a great song. And just what Star talks about and the feel of it, yeah, that's, that's a really good song. Um, it's really deep. And I like that. I think that's probably, that would probably have to be the way that Nujibus approaches that, like, the way he combines the sounds on that. I, I really love that. So, yeah, Highest to Lows and The Final View. I love that instrumental track, and it's just one of those tracks where I can just always throw on, and like in any day or time, any place, I just throw that track on, and I can just like vibe with it, basically. Well, there you have it. If you want to know more about P.R., go to thecomeupshow.com. We've got lots to check out there. If you enjoyed the show, help us out. Subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, too, at The Come Up Show. And tell your friends. That's it for this week. Hope you enjoyed the show. Keep your eyes peeled for the Come Up Show podcast. In another two weeks, we'll be sitting down with one of Canada's best hip-hop DJs, Tilo, to talk about his upcoming EP with Shad. Once again, I'm Martin Bauman. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. (laughs) 